love kids' thoughts on hell, you know. Pardon me for touching my, my glasses. I got some new glasses. Ain't they, ain't they cool boy kind? Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm not used to them, so I, I keep touching them. So pardon that. I'm sure I'll do that a lot today until I get used to them. Um, but Barna, you know, Barna Group, is a, they do a lot of statistics. And I want to give you some statistics from Barna and from other places as well. Barna in 2006 said that 54% of people think that if you, you're good, you go to heaven, and you're bad, you go to hell. That's just the bottom line. The American Worldview Inventory um, Group in August 2020 said 52% of people say that, that, that say that they are Christians say that you get to heaven based on good works, that you can work your way there. Okay? You know, and then 45% of Christians say that you get to heaven by confession of your sins. And that is the way to heaven, except if you be born again, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. It is, uh, the 45% are correct. And is it not sad that 60% of people think that you, of, of Christians, think that you got to work your way into heaven? That you got to be good enough? I tell you what, man, if that was the truth, I would just go ahead and, and, and be uh, the best sinner in the world because I know I couldn't be good enough at being the best Christian within my own ability. I know my inadequacies, and I know I can't work my, I'm not going to be able to work my way into heaven because I can't do enough good stuff. Then we have the Pew, the Pew Research. Pew, pew, pew. But Pew Research. 19,000 people were in when this Pew Research. Only 80%, 82% of Protestants, of Protestants, believe in hell. And only 63% of Catholics believe in hell. This was interesting. From 18 years old to 29 years old, only 21% believe in hell. From 30 to 49 years old, only 35% believe in hell. 50 to 64, 27%, and 65 and above, only 17% believe in hell. Uh, 47% of men believe in hell, and 20, I mean, and 53% of women believe in hell. More women believe it than men, because men don't want to go, right? Um, women don't either, but they, they believe in it. This was very interesting. This is very interesting. Immigrants. This really blew my mind. Immigrants, first-generation immigrants, 15 to 17% believe in hell, okay? Third immigration immigrants, 75 to 77% believe in hell. That's just, I don't know, I don't even know what to think about. That's just inter so interesting to me. I guess after they've been here and been here a while and they've been, you know, they, they hear about the word and the gospel, they, they change their mind, obviously. Um, here's some other interesting ones. Um, the statistics say in, the, in this Pew Research that the more money you make, the, the less you believe in hell. In other words, the, more pe the, the people on the higher end that have the most money, uh, most of them do not believe in hell. The higher education you have, more education in college, uh, most of the people who have the more educa education do not believe in hell. Um, church attendance, the less you go to church, you believe in hell. Um, this is all in the research. Uh, the, the, um, the less you pray, you believe in hell. The less you read your Bible, you believe in hell. And listen to this, it's heartbreaking. 39%, 4 out of 10 almost, um, of, of Christians believe well, I can't say Christians because this is just uh, the 19,000. 39% believe in an absolute clear standard of right and wrong. Only 4 out of 10 in that group said there's a right and there's a wrong. 6 out of 10 said, well, there's right and there's wrong, but then there's a kind of little gray area that most of them probably live in, that gray area. The Statista research says 61% of people believe in Satan. 
You know, I, I, you, know you, you hear people ask sometimes, well, if there's, if there's a God, why is there so much evil in the world? Well, I think there's a whole lot more good than evil in the world. So I would say, then, then if there's no God, then why is there so much good in the world? You know what I'm saying? You know, Oprah, you heard probably, I think Joel Osteen quoted this, but Oprah said there's a whole lot of ways to go to, to get to God. There's many ways to get to God. You know, and, and I, you know, you, I, I can tell you from anywhere in the world through Google how to get to my house. I can tell you how to get to my house from anywhere in the world. But the closer you get to my house, the more direct you have to be to get to my house. And matter of fact, the last road to get to my house is Robert E. Lee. And if you don't go down Robert E. Lee, then you don't get to my house. And you can start off finding God anywhere else you want in the world. You can, you can start off anywhere you want to find God. But when you start, start getting down to it, to finding Him, you're only going to find Him on the road to salvation. That's it. There is no other way. The Word of God says, except you be born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Salvation is what it's all about. The road to salvation. Proverbs 24 and 11 says, um, rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Um, save them as they stagger to their death. That's our job. When, when, four, when six out of ten people out there don't believe in, in a hell. And ne next week we're going to be talking about heaven, so, so come back for part two. Don't, don't just leave on hell. Come back and... Okay, anyway. But anyway, so, so rescue them. It's our job to go out there and rescue those people that are going to hell and say, listen, there's salvation. You don't have to live in this place of, of torment and stuff that, we talk, that we're going to talk about in a little bit. You can be assured of making heaven your home. And hell, hell is a whole lot deeper than you can comprehend. Matter of fact, um, Revelation 9 says that hell is a bottomless pit. And it also says that its king... Ab in, in, in Greek, it, its king in, in, in Hebrew is called Abad Abaddon, and Greek is Apollyon, and the, is the destroyer, which is Satan. So it's bottomless, and its king, Apollon, the destroyer, is Satan. Job, chapter, Job talks about how it has no covering, and it's naked before God in, in Job 26 and 6, I believe. Matthew chapter 16 and 13, here at the beginning, I'm going to give you a whole lot of scriptures. Matthew chapter 16 and, and uh, 18, I'm sorry. It talks about the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And I want to stop there for a second and talk about that just for a moment. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. So why, do, why are we scared of the gates of hell? When hell comes against us, why are we scared when we know that we have power and authority over Satan? That he is already hogtied up. Jesus already defeated him two th over 2,000 years ago. And we have authority over him. And the pure gates of hell cannot prevail. So, so when they come against us, they will not prevail. But also, that also means since they cannot prevail against us, that we can kick down the gates of hell and go into people's lives and rescue them and pull them out of their, the direction they're going to hell to try to come and receive Christ. The gates of hell will not prevail against me. Amen? Matthew chapter 13, 41 to 42 talks about hell being a fiery furnace and that there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth there. Matthew um, 25 and, 20, and 46 says, Hell is a place of eternal punishment. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 9 describes hell as an eternal destruction and this one gives me more chills than any other scripture I'm going to read. Um, 2 Thessalonians 1 and 9 eternal destruction and here it is an eternal separation from God every time I practice this and, and preach this to myself every time I got to that part I just, it, just, I just, it just gave me cold chills just thinking about the fact that we can be eternally 
separated from God. Me and, me and um, Sydney were talking the other day, my daughter, and we were talking about that. About, you know, she's like, I don't, Dad, I don't understand when we go through things. We, we, what, the first thing I do is go to God. The first thing I do is pray. The first thing I do is go to my Bible. She said, I don't understand how people who don't know God, where do they go? Who do they go to? I said, well, they probably go to their friends that don't, that's not God, and can't do nothing but pat them on the back and say, I love you. And their friends aren't going to say, I'm praying for you, because if they're not Christians, then probably their friends aren't Christians, most likely, in most cases. Eternal separation from God. Matthew 12 and 40, and also Ephesians 4 and 9, talks about hell is in the heart of the earth. And I, and I looked it up and found some scientists, and I talked to our own local scientists right here, Daryl, and, and, and asked him, and it is true, that in the middle of the heart of the earth, they say that the temperature is about or higher than 12,000 degrees Fahrenheit. 12,000, and it gets like 90, and we're like, whoa, this feels like hell. You know, we don't know. We ain't got a clue. Isaiah 66 and 24 says, The worm dieth not. And in the message translation, it says, it says maggots will endlessly eat away at your flesh. Luke chapter 16, 25, 23 through 25. It talks about the rich man. It says, Finally, the poor man died and was carried to the angels to sit beside Abraham in the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried, and he went to the place of the dead, hell. There is torment. He saw, he saw Abraham from a far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, spoke. Um, he saw, he spoke. Um, fa um, Father Abraham, have some pity. Have some sympathy. Send Lazarus here to dip the tip of his finger in the water to cool my tongue so he can, he can feel. I'm in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during this, your, your lifetime you had everything that you wanted and Lazarus had nothing. So now he is being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm between separating us. No one can um, cross over to you from here and no one can cross over from here to there. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, at least send him to, to, um, to my father's home. For I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them, to tell them that don't, please don't end up in this place of torment. But Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can even read what they wrote. The rich man replied, No, Father Abraham. But, it is, um, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn. But Abraham said that if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, then they won't be persuaded even if someone comes from the dead. See, what that just says, if you read that whole thing, that we have all of our senses in hell. We can smell hell. We can feel hell. Our tongue will want water from hell to touch of, of taste. We can hear hell and, hell and hell's, hell's fires. We can see hell. We can breathe hell. We, have, we can touch hell. We have all of our senses. We're not, we don't go there and we don't have any. We can see hell. We can hit everything. We have all of our senses in hell. Revelations 21 and 8 in the New Living Translation says, But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars. Ain't that funny how they talk about immoral and murderers and witchcraft and throw liars in there? Their fate is a fiery furnace and burnt, fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is a second death. See, this is, the, 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 and we'll talk about that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. 
Revelations 14 and 11, the New Living Translation. It says, The smoke of their torment will rise forever and forever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and the statue, and they have uh, uh, accepted the mark of his name, which is 666. John 14 and 6. God gets us away from going to hell. And he says, if you, if you want to go to God, you've got to go through me. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want to come to Christ today, then you can come to Christ through the road of salvation with the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life. People say um, that, it's, that, that it's, uh, it's unloving God that sends us to hell. But it's we choose hell. God says, I set, before you, I set before you life and death. Let's see, Proverbs 14 and 12. There's a way that seems right but ends in death. The message says that there's a way that seems harmless but leads to hell. God says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. He's not sending us anywhere. We choose our destination. He tells us, here's the rules. You want to go to heaven? You got to do this. If you want to go to hell, you do this. It's our choice. We choose hell. So let me talk to you about the five compartments of hell. The first one is Tarsus or Tartuus, which means prison house. It's where God, it's where God did not even spare even the angels that fell with Lucifer. 2 Peter 2 and 4 says, For God did not even spare, spare, spare I'm sorry, did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell in the gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. In this compartment of hell called Tarsus, this is where the angels are being held until the day of judgment. This is where, where God, I mean, God kicked um, Satan out of heaven and threw him into this part, him and the angels. Because of the fact that, that um, uh, Satan got prideful and saw what God was doing and thought that he could do that and he could do it better than him and he tried to overthrow him. As a matter of fact, he got a third of the angels that he got with him and he, he simply got kicked out of heaven and God's like, you don't understand who you're playing with, boy. I might look old. I might, look, I, might, I might have been here older than Methuselah. I might have been here forever, but I still could take you out. And he showed him that he could. In Genesis chapter 6, those fallen angels, it talks about in Genesis 6, and it's kind of a weird situation. It talks about the, the, that the, the, the sons of, um, of the fallen angels, then they came and had relationships with the daughters of men. Then the, in the next chapter, it talks about how there were giants and talks about the sons of God and the, sons and the daughters of, of men. And so what it's saying is that they, they're, they're thinking that either these angels came and had sex with women and caused these big giants called Nephiliites, or the fact that maybe that it was a demon-possessed person that had sex. But the, a lot of people really feel like, and in, in, in the scholars, that possibly it was, the, um, that it was the, the fallen angels that came and had sex with them and caused them affiliates. And that's what caused all the evil on the earth. And, and, and that's why the flood was taken out and, and Jesus destroyed everything. But we, we deal with these things and we, we deal with bad things. We deal with the occult and we deal with these things and then we expect to get good out of, out of it. And when you dabble with the devil and you, you dabble with the occult and with the, with the Ouija boards and, and darkness and, 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 and Harry Potter, Pokemon and, and, and all these things that, that people seem like there's nothing wrong with it. Let me tell you, I, I, I saw a statistic about, remember, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but remember there was a, some of the older people will, bewitched. It's just cute. It's a wonderful little thing. The girl woman, she twinkles her nose and gets what she wants and does things. After the, the witch, Bewitched came on, after that first series, um, witchcraft rose 35%. Because it seems so fun and so great 
you know, and I know, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of you maybe even, even, even like Harry Potter and that kind of stuff, but the woman who wrote the book said in an interview that she researched witchcraft and some of the, the deep, dark stuff to help make some of it look real. So we got to be careful in what we do. we got to be careful in what, we, in what we, we become a part of. Because when we do, we're opening ourselves up and we're dropping our guard for the, the enemy to come in. Number two, the abyss. Revelations chapter 9, 1 and 2 in the message says, The fifth angel trumpeted, the fifth trumpet, I saw a star plummet from heaven to earth. The star was handed a key to the well of the abyss. He unlocked the well of the abyss, smoke poured out of this well, billows and billows of smoke, sun and air in, in blackout from um, the smoke pouring out of the well. So when the fifth trumpet sounds, there's going to be an angel that's going to come from heaven and have the key and open up that abyss, and it's going to open up. No humans have to go here. The, the abyss is not for humans. The, the abyss, according to Luke 8:31, it is for the demonic, it's demonic powers and, 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 and demons. That's what that is for. No humans have to go there. Um, in 8:31, we find out about the, 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 God, the demoniac of Gadara. And he was out of control, and he was cutting himself, and he loved death. He loved this, and he would cut himself, and he would, he would do all these kind of bad things, and he would run wild in a cemetery, howling and, and cutting himself with sharp, sharp objects and stones. He was obsessed with death. You know, and, 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 there's, and there's still people like that today. That's not so much now, you know, there, um, especially in the West Coast, there was this obsession with death. Uh, back especially in the two, early 2000s and there was a lot of goth people and not all goth people are, are, are demonic or have anything like that but these partic this particular group they would, they would even paint their face pale they were obsessed with death they wanted hell music, death music they wanted, they wanted to study death, they wanted to talk about death everything was death and when that happens um, it's not from God because God comes to bring life and life more abundantly and the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy and whenever you deal with that kind of stuff and you celebrate death, then there's some kind of demonic power at work in your life. I'm not saying you're possessed, but I'm saying that when you celebrate death like that, then there's some kind of, um, that, of situation that's in, in there that's demonic, that's, that's bothering you. He was out of control. The demons went to the abyss. The, the abyss is where disembodied demons go whenever they are ro roaming around. A demon just can't float around and say, okay, well, what is, I wonder what I'm going to hang out right here. Demons have to go into a body. They have to go into a, an animal. They have to go into something. So when they're disembodied and cast out, they go back to the abyss. So when, when Christ casts then demons out, those, out of the, into those pigs, those pigs drowned. And so it's good to swim and know how to swim because demons can't swim. But anyway, so, but, but the thing is, is when they did that, then, then those demons went back down to the pit of hell and the abyss. You may hear me sometimes when I'm praying for someone, not, not that is possessed, but we are often all oppressed that the demons are just clawing at your mind they're just you ever had demons just claw at your mind you know you can't come in you don't have to worry about that but they just claw at you you know sometimes you may hear me pray when i'm speaking over someone that's being deeply depressed or oppressed you may you may hear me even say in the name of jesus satan i command you and your demons to go back to the pit of hell where you belong and i'm talking about the abyss at that point revelations 9 says that that out of the abyss it talks about a demon angel that will go to the well of the abyss and take the key uh, and take the covering off and let the the demon spirits go or, or and, and demons or also some, in some translations it says locust of torment to torture people um, of the human race this is this is um, after the rapture has taken place 
and who don't have who don't have the mark of the beast, they go torture them for five months. And 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 the thing is, is that when they when he tortures them, they're not supposed to torture anything that's green for some reason that that has any kind of green or trees or grass or anything. But it says what they look like in the, in that scripture. It says that they will have gold crowns on their heads, hair like a woman, teeth like a lion. They wore armor like an uh, uh, iron. And they had wings that sounds like chariots. They have faces that look like men. And they will have a tail like a scorpion. And that, that tail of a scorpion will sting you. And for five solid months, you're going to be in excruciating, torturing pain, wishing you were dead, but you will, they will not let you die. The thing is, is, is in, you know, whenever you're, you're going through those final times and, and at, at, the end, at the end of the time and the rapture, the rapture's already taken place, some people are like, well, I, you know, if I don't make, if I don't make the... Uh, you know, the rapture, then I'll just hang around and I'll just wait for the next, the next bus. Okay, well, it ain't, it ain't like that. It's not going to be, if you don't take the mark of the beast, they're going to cut your head off eventually. But it's going to be torture. It's not like I'm just going to make it. I, there will be people. There will be people who make it through those end times and, and the, and the, at the very end, at the very end. But the thing is, is, is they're going to th go through so much torture. You can't buy. You can't sell. You can't, you can't trade without the mark. You can't live without that. And those things are going to happen, and it's true, and it's real, and it's going to be so detrimental to those people. You have to run around and, and just try to hide and run around and try to stay around and be around and be like the Hunger Games all over again. And then the, the, the fourth place or third place is, is paradise. Ephesians 8 through 10. Says, it says, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended to the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens, that he might um, feel all things. See, this is referencing First um, Peter and three. These, this, here, this is where the place where people before Jesus died on the cross, good people that that had accepted God in their life. They had accepted that. They all went to this place called Paradise or Upper Hades, but it's, Paradise is really what it's referred to. They would go there under, under Satan's dominion, but they had no pain. They were there under that situation. There was a big old uh, compartment or a chamber, and that's where all the good people were at. That's where, where Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David, all those people were there before um, uh, Christ went to the cross. And when he went to the cross, he went down to the, to the pit of the hell, and, and, uh, and it talks about it in Revelations 1.18. It says Christ went down there and took the keys to, to death, hell, and the grave. And he took those keys from Satan and says, you have no power. You have no authority. I am king, and you are at my dominion. And I'm coming back one day, and I'm going to cast you into the lake of fire. And see, this is a permanent reminder. I love it, because since Jesus came and took all those people out, right, there's nothing there right now. All those old saints from Old and Old Testament, they're all in heaven, right? So therefore, there's nothing there, so, but it's still in hell. So every time Satan looks up to that chamber, it's empty. And it reminds him, Jesus came and got them. I wanted to keep them here, but Jesus came and got them, and now they're gone. And he told me, he's, he reminds him that he's coming back in one day, but also it ticks him off. On the other hand, he looks up and says, hey, I hadn't got long. I know he's coming back. I got to go up, and I got to do what I can to destroy this earth, divide this earth, and bring as many people as hell as I can that I can control before he comes back and takes them. And then you got Sheol. Sheol is, or Abraham's bosom. This is just often referred to as hell. 
This is where the souls of the wicked go and await the great white throne judgment. Sheol was mentioned 65 times in the Old Testament. Isaiah 5, 14 through 15, it says, The grave, listen to this, The grave is licking its lips in anticipation, opening up its mouth wide. The great and lowly are all drunken. Mob will be swallowed up. Humanity will be destroyed. And all, all people brought down. Even the arrogant will be, low, uh, will be lowered um, their, lower their eyes in humiliation. Hell, this right here is where the people, whenever you die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If you're a Christian, you're in the presence of God. If you're not a Christian and you're a sinner, then you go to Sheol, which is a waiting place before you have the great white throne judgment. And that great white throne judgment um, is, is uh, uh, not to decide if you're going to go to hell or not. You're already in hell. The, 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 the judgment we'll talk about next week, the judgment seat of Christ is for Christians, and that's the judgment for Christ, for, the, for your crowns and your stuff. We'll talk about that next week. But this, this week, we're talking about the great white throne judgment that says, hey, you're going to be judged by what you've done. Okay? Matthew 7 and 13 says, Enter the narrow gate, because wide is the gate to destruction, and many who go there. And there's a, there's a wide gate of, of hell, of Sheol, that's wide. And, and the people who, who decide to hang with the popular crowd and, and do all the things of the world and conform to the world and not be transformed, you're heading down that path to Sheol. Isaiah 14 and 9 in the message translation says this. And it's a little different. You need to read it in different, different, different translations. Um, but I want to read this to you because it just it really amazed me. It says, and the underworld dead are all excited, preparing to welcome you when you come. In hell, it says that whenever someone else is coming to hell, hell stirs up and they're welcoming you. They're, they're ready for you to come. Getting ready to greet you are the ghostly dead. All the famous names of the earth, all the buried kings of the nations will stand up on their thrones with their well-prepared speeches, royal invitations to death. Now you are nothing as we are. Make yourselves at home with us dead folks. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, my God. Just kind of tripped me out there. But, but, but what it's saying is that there's, a, there's people in hell awaiting you. And I'm sure in those, in those speeches, hey, you didn't go to church, but you've been to church, and you knew the truth. Why don't you tell me about it? Now we're both here. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And, and I'm sure it says that they're excited that you're going to come and join them. And then the last place is called the Lake of Fire. Revelations 20, 11 through 15. It's empty right now, and it's referred to, the play, it's referred to as a place of the second death in Revelations 20 and 6. In the second death, because you die as a human. We, when we die, we have a, a, a funeral. Then that is the first death. And then whenever you go to this, the, um, this, this place here where they're waiting, they're waiting judgment, then that, that's the second death there. Because as, as we rise in Christ at the rapture and the graves will come up and our bodies will come back together with our souls for a transformed body, well, same thing that happens here. Our, our, our bodies and, and graves will pop open and we will come and we will we'll be joined with our, 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 our soul and we will go down for judgment to the lake of fire. This is where the Antichrist and the false prophet will, and, and all the fallen angels will be there with all of the sinners. And let me explain to you what the judgment the great white throne judgment is, 11, 12 through 15. I saw a great white throne judgment um, enthroned. Nothing could stand before or against his presence. Nothing in heaven, nothing on earth. And then I saw the dead, great and small, standing there before the throne. And the books were open. And then another book was opened, the book of life. 
Um, so, so let's stop right there. So the book, you know, it don't really tell you what that is. It says the books were opened. The books is all the things that you've done in your life that were evil, okay? And then it says the book of life was opened. That's God's book. And that book there is, is, is everybody that is saved in that book. And if he can't find your name in this book, then you got, he goes to the book to see what you've done. The dead were judged and, and what was written in the books, and by the way they had, um, and by the way they had lived. Sea released his dead. Death and hell turned their dead. And we're talking about the graves and stuff. Each man and woman was judged by the way he or she lived. Then death and hell were hurled into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone whose name is not found inscribed in the, in, in the book of life will be hur hurled into the lake of fire. The book of life. When you get saved, your name is written in the book of life. And inscribed in that for you, knowing that you are assured of heaven. Being baptized does not get you to heaven. Um, coming to Kingdom Impact does not get you to heaven. Paying your tithes, being a good person, helping the poor, giving your money away, and, and doing all these great things, being a greeter or an usher, being a pastor does not get you to heaven. There's going to be a lot of pastors that still going to be in the pulpits when the rapture takes place. Because we're not all saved. We know God, but we don't have a relationship with God. Us pastors have to be careful because we get so much preaching God and knowing about God that we lose our relationship with God. And we got to be careful. i got to be careful as a pastor that I keep that relationship with him. That I keep that because that's so important. That's why, that's why some of these great pastors of these great big churches, they get sidetracked by the crowds and they got mega churches. And what happens? They end up sinning and they lose their church because they lost the relationship with God. Being born again is the only way you'll get to heaven. The Word of God says that, that if you are lukewarm, He will spit you out your mouth, out His mouth. Lukewarm is nasty. You ever had lukewarm milk? It's just ugh. But what's so sad about lukewarm that I feel like God showed me is that, that, that lukewarm always has been hot. And it, and, it, and it cooled off to lukewarm. Nobody warmed something up. Hey, can you make me some lukewarm soup? No, it doesn't happen. It's always hot, and it gets lukewarm. So what's sad about these Christians, God's saying, hey, you used to be hot, and you cooled off, and I'm going to spit you out my mouth because you're playing games with me. You're trying to cross the line and be half Christian, half not, and you're just lukewarm. You're, you're walking that middle, middle warm ground, and I, you either got to be hot or cold. That's what it's talking about. But we come to God, and we come to God and, 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 and treat Him like He's a prostitute, and we want a quick fix, and we come to Him, God, I need a blessing. I'm going through some hard times. Oh, hallelujah, shanda, hunda. And then, and then we're like, oh, praise God. And then after that's over, then we leave Him and go back to our old life again. God's like, I'm not a prostitute. I'm not your little quick fix. I'm not, I'm not your little second marriage. I'm not your, I'm not your, I'm not your affair. I want you, you're my bride. I want to marry you. I want you to be mine. I don't want to separate. That's why he said if you're lukewarm, if you want to play with me and the devil, then the devil can have you. I only want one bride. And then Ezekiel 3, 17 through 26. Son of man, I have appointed you as a watchman for Israel. Wherever you receive a message from me, warn people immediately. If I, if I warn the wicked, saying you are under penalty of death, but you fail to deliver the warning, they will die in their sins. This is in Ezekiel. And I will hold you responsible for their deaths. If you warn them and they refuse to repent and they keep on sinning, then they will die in their own sins. 
but if you are saved, but if you have saved yourself because you obeyed me, but you will have saved yourself because you obeyed me. If righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and ignore the obstacles that I put in their way, they will die. And if you do not warn them, they will die in their sins, and none of the righteous acts will be remembered. None of the righteous acts will be remembered. And I will hold you responsible for their, their death. But if you warn those righteous people not to sin, and they listen to you and do not sin, then they will live, and you will have saved yourself too. We have the answer. God is telling us right there. When we know we have friends, and, and, and it's not talking about just total strangers or whatever, but when you have people, your family and your friends, and we don't tell, we know the answer, we know there's a God, and we don't share Christ with people, their blood will be on our hands. We are responsible for that. We have a responsibility to Christ to share the love of Jesus to everybody we meet that we can. And like I said, I'm not talking about standing up on a kitchen table and you're turning to burn, you sinners are going to hell. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just your family, your friends, people that you know. God, give me this opportunity. Matter of fact, I did this, I, the last time I preached this message, I was a youth pastor, I don't know, probably 15 years ago, and I had to do some updating on it. And matter of fact, the title is a message for my teenage, as a youth pastor, let me show you the difference between a pastor. For y'all, it's called Hellfest. For teenagers, the title of my message was, What in Hell Do You Want? What in hell do you want? And they loved it. They thought, oh, Pastor Doug, you know. I said, no, you wait till I finish this. <laughs> you came because you thought I was going to be a cousin preacher, but you found out I wasn't talk, using the word as a slang. I was using it. What, what is in hell? The five, which one of them do you want? What, what, is, what, in, what down there do you want? But according to the AG denomination, AOG, Assemblies of God, it says 125 people, this, this is a 10-year-old statistic, 125 um, thousand people die and go to hell every day to live forever. 138,000 people um, are born today. One million people will be born this week. 50, 52 million people will be born this year that will not hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you include the third world countries around the world and the U.S. that don't know Christ, with all the people who do not know Christ, you can circle the earth three times deep and it will grow two miles a day. but we act like there's nobody for us to tell talk to about Jesus. We act like there's, there's no, that people are going to hell. And, and, and probably most of y'all don't walk, watch The Walking Dead. But, 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 but on the last episode of the, the, the series, it, they, they led these, these zombies to the edge, and they just would follow one another. Wherever they, one would go, they would just all go. And it, at the very end, they, they, they would just walk, and they just, like hundreds of thousands just walked off the cliff. And they just followed one another. They just follow one another right off the cliff. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're allowing people to follow one another right on to hell. And we have the opportunity to grab them. Matter of fact, my last little story here, and I'll, I'll be done. There was a pardon to be done to take place. And the, and the president gave a pardon one time. And this is, I don't know that this is true. Okay, so I want to say that. But there was a pardon to be done um, and um, right before the execution. And the, the, uh, the guard, excuse me, the guard was, was going to eat his meal while, the, while the, the prisoner was eating their meal. And, but he got this, this, this pardon. And the thing happened was, I don't know what happened, he got delayed, whatever, and the execution took place, and this, this person that was supposed to be pardoned died. And the whole time, the whole time, 
the guard had the pardon in his hand saying I could have saved his life but I didn't here's every sinner's pardon right here this is every sinner's pardon this right here tells you you don't have to die I died for you if you accept me you can be saved and you don't have to be executed to, to, to hell we can live for Christ here's the thing here's what I want you to know I'm not trying to scare you. I don't want nobody, and I, I, mean, I truly mean this from all my heart. I've always felt this way, especially as a youth pastor. I don't want nobody to come to Christ because they're scared of hell. Because that's not going to, because it, they don't mean it. They're just terrified. They're scared. They're freaking out. I don't want to go to that place. So they, 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 they go through the motions, but they don't mean it. If they truly come to Christ because of that, well, that's a different thing. But most people, they're just fearful, and you hear these kind of messages, and everybody's scared, and everybody runs to the altar. And you have, every time I preach on hell, I had 40, 50 kids get saved. They would just come running, all of them. Half of them got saved the week before that. And they still they would say, I got, oh God, I don't want to go there. And they all, all come down. But the thing is, we have the pardon. We know the answer. We have the answer to the It's a one-question test. Do you know G John 3, 16? Do you, do you know the Lord Jesus is your Lord and Savior? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hell is not for you and it's not for me. It's for demons and it's for his angels. Nobody has to go to hell. Nobody. All we got to do is accept Christ. Next week, we're going to come back and talk about heaven and how beautiful and blissful that is. But today, we have to talk about hell because I want to teach you about that because I want you to understand it and understand some of the places and what they're for and all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it's probably nothing that you want to go around. Hey, let me tell you about my, my pastor preached on hell. Let me tell you what he said. You know, it's probably not something that you're going to run out and start telling everybody about because you're like, okay, it's kind of, people's like, I don't want to talk about that. But you can talk about Jesus. And we're held accountable for that. God loves you. God wants everybody to go to heaven. That's why he sent his son. That whosoever will, whosoever, 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 that means anybody and everybody, whosoever will comes to him shall be saved and except you be born again you will not enter the kingdom of God would you bow your hand and close your eyes <clears throat> dear Heavenly Father we just love you today we thank you for your word thank you God for, for it being so descriptive and really showing us what hell is really like and I, I think it's Lord I think it's a hundred times worse than than what even I can, I can imagine. Because I think in your word, Lord, I, I think when you're talking to me, I, I'm kind of simple-minded, Lord, and I think that, that you have to put it in my terms and our terms as humans of what we can understand. Because if you told us in the Spirit how bad it was, we wouldn't be able to handle it. Just like, Lord, I believe that you tell us about how beautiful heaven is, and you have to put that in our terms. I think heaven is way more beautiful than we can ever understand in our own language. But Lord, today... I want to ask, Lord, people in this room, if you would say that I'm not a Christian, I don't know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, but I want to be saved. Maybe you're online. You want to throw your hands up or say, me, 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 or you want to message us, we'll be glad to talk to you. Anybody here at all want to say, I don't know Jesus my Lord and Savior, or I know Jesus and I'm lukewarm, and I want to turn around and I want to be on fire for Christ again. I want to, I want to live this life and try this thing, and I want to come against it. Anybody at all want to raise your hand real quickly and accept Christ or come back to Christ today? Is anybody at all? Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you didn't raise your hand, 
All you got to do, and you want to, all you got to do is just ask God, I'm sorry, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Help me, Lord. Change me. I want to live for you. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to hell, but, but I don't want to go to hell, not because hell is scary. I want, to go to he- I, don't, I want to go to heaven because you died for me, and you love me so much. And I just want to give a charge to all y'all right now, Father. Y'all can look at me now. I want everyone, I want to give everyone of you a charge to go out of here and, and to invite people to church and tell people about Christ. Tell them about the love of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, the grace of Christ. And go out and inspire love, life, and relationships. And tell people next week, hey, man, hey, come to church. Hey, you missed the one on hell. You're okay. Come, to here, come here about heaven. Because when you hear about heaven, it's just as convicting. Heaven is a place that we all want to be there. Next week we're going to talk about it. It's going to be good. And we're going to hear about the judgment seat of Christ, the beam of the judgment seat of Christ. Um, it's, going to be, it's going to be wonderful. We're going to talk, find out about the dimensions and all that stuff. It's going to be nice. So we want you to come next week and be a part. We want you to go out this week and go tell everybody about Christ and go out and, and, and share the gospel of the world. And don't forget, if you, if, you, uh, if you know how to make a big pot of vegetable soup or a big pot of chili, let me know so we, because we need to talk to you about about that for um, our, our, the, the gathering that we're going to have together, our family gathering. So we want you to come to that. And we got a big place we're going to be over at, at Brookfield Church of God. they got a big old huge place that's like twice as big as this. I don't want us to, especially with COVID, I don't want us to be cramped in. I want everybody to be safe and feel good. So we got a big, huge area there. Um, and it's right there off of um, Gordon Road. And we want you to be there and be a part of that.